Tea and Sympathy, where two American ladies talk about drinking tea and watching British television shows. I am one of your hosts, Sarah. I am another one of your hosts, Melissa. <laughs> I am the male judge, which that is a uh, great British bake-up, real deep cut for all you GBBO. Ah, uh, yes, like, the male judge. The male judge. I am the male judge, <laughs> Melissa. <laughs> Don't speak his name. <laughs> Until he shakes your hand. Uh, so if you want to find us, we are on Twitter, letter T and Sympathy Pod. We are on the internet at tandsympathypod.com. You can email us at tandsympathypod at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tandsympathypod. And of course, find us, subscribe to us, rate us, like us, review us if you're so inclined at Apple Podcasts and Google Play, or over on Podbean, where we have a small but mighty contingent of listeners. <laughs> AKA my mother. What would this podcast be without name-checking your lovely mom? People who do listen. People who listen. <laughs> and we have listeners. People who listen think it's funny that I name-check my mom on every single one. I've, I've heard it from people other than, in my own head, you and my mother so we have listeners but guys can you like write a review because look i'm on i'm on dating apps and when i tell guys that i do a podcast it's like embarrassing that like yes we have five stars thank you but like we don't have enough reviews to like show them <laughs> so, guys, like, help me out here. B needs a dad. Help. <laughs> so, really, by writing this review, you are giving a father to a fatherless dog. <laughs> sad, a sad, woeful spirit. If you don't review us, you hate dogs. Yeah, sit with that for a while. <laughs> How does that feel? Uh, Melissa, are you drinking some tea? I certainly am. I am drinking some berries in the red package, which I think is gold, with an inordinate amount of sugar because I've been traveling for work this week and um, I am I'm a little worn down. So, do you bring my, tea when you travel for work? I don't, and I should because I I really should I really ought to because last night I was um not last night, uh, Thursday night, I was pawing through the, um, you know, courtyard provided little, you know, hot water thing. And of course there's four different kinds of coffee, not mm. nary a tea bag. Really? Not even a, a green tea? Or no. A Who needs four different kinds, like four different it was like four days worth of coffee and, and no tea. To address this, we need to start up to um, provide travel tea accessories. Because when you stay in a hotel in oh places, gosh, yeah. countries where they drink tea, you not only get a selection of teas, but you get the little, biscuits. Little milk packet, little biscuit. Milk packet, biscuits, 17 different kinds of sugar. <laughs> yeah. Raw, yeah. I, refined, splendor. Yeah. It is alarming. I, again, this is why the UK is better than we are. 
let's schedule some time on the old calendar and uh, dig into this, you know, further refine this vision. All right. We'll map out a strategy. Buzzwords. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Let's whiteboard this out. Okay. <laughs> um, what are you drinking? Um, the usual, some tea, some berries tea with milk. I have to say, I was thinking today when I was pouring milk into my tea that for two, a household of two people, we go through, um, what I would call an inordinate amount of milk and it's because of tea and coffee. It's not because of, yeah. we like to just chug it on a drink. Milk. Yeah. I obviously live alone because I'm single trying to find a dad for my dog. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but I also, I probably go through the same, like I, I don't drink milk. Um, I don't know if that's like a Midwestern Jewish thing, but like drinking milk is, is very anathema to me. I don't understand it. It's very confusing, but I do go through a lot because it's in tea. Occasionally we'll have cereal in the house and that speeds it up. Mm. But, but yeah, for, for two non like straight milk drinkers, we plow through a, a gallon yep. and a shockingly short amount of time. Yeah. Um, so this week we're going to talk about oh, something very special and dear to I'm our hearts so and the hearts excited. I I think it's fair to say this is like the genesis of this podcast. Yeah, because I think we started talking. I mean, we had already been um, you know pocket friends on Twitter for a long time, but I think we yeah. started talking about television shows because once you run out of Great British Bake Off, you have to. What on earth are you going to watch? What are you going to do with drug, your life? Yeah. Gosh, this. I need to stop saying gosh. The Tennessee <laughs> is affecting me. This is in the. <laughs> Well, I was very delighted and surprised when, because people were talking about Bake Off and I thought it was just about the holiday episodes, which are also wonderful, but I mm-hmm. was um, alerted to the fact that, no, in fact, it was an entire new season available on Netflix by- Yes, yeah, season nine. Season yeah. nine? Yeah. Eight. 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 They are current eight, and FYI, for any of our UK listeners, mm-hmm. Uh, they're currently accepting applications for season nine. Um, you have something to say about that on the matter of American expats showing up on the... Yeah. No, I mean, it's, we can series nine. it's series nine. So they're accepting it for season 10. Oh, okay. Um, I do. I do have thoughts. So we can obviously loop back to this. Let's talk about how spoilery are we going to be? Because I don't want to reveal the winner, although that information is widely available. But yeah. In case you happen to be listening, I don't want to drop that name in your ear just yet. Let's see. We can talk about, like, let's say the winner. If we feel the need to discuss the winner, let's call them the winner. Um, just to jump into it. Yeah. Let's get right into it. Great British Bake Off started airing um, in the UK in 2010. Um, first on BBC, and now it's on Channel 4, which was the source of a great deal of consternation among fans and elsewhere. And um, I think undue consternation, because I, don't get me wrong, I was the biggest, like, Mel, Sue, Mary, Paul stan of them all. Oh, yeah. I think I, it's a totally different dynamic. So yeah, I know that well. They handled it well. Yet another thing that the Brits do better than we do. <laughs> uh, but, but safe to say that GBDM, <laughs> and we do call it Bake Off here. We don't call it Bake yeah. Show. Bake Show. That Netflix name change 
A, I don't know why, and B... Do you think it has something to do with Pillsbury Bake Off? Do you think there was some kind of copyright infringement issue? Was there a Pillsbury Bake Oh, like that... And is, is that still in existence? Yeah, the, I think so. Uh, but anyway, I, it's safe to say the show is now a juggernaut, a global sensation mm, has inspired many mm-hmm. other versions. I don't think there's been a successful... They're not as good. There hasn't I've been a successful them. version in the U.S., has there? No, it was really bad. It was, um, they tried to do, they tried to do one with Sweet Mary. Uh, it was the, the lady who did My Big Fat Greek Wedding, whose name escapes me. Oh, and then yeah. they had, uh, they had some sort of, um, American, like, bad boy, uh, Baker, who I think eventually his name popped up as part of like the Me Too kind of assaulty, <laughs> and then yeah, it was bo- well because it's boring. It was I watched it because we have we essentially don't have honestly. I think outside of Apple Pie, there are no national baked goods. Oh, you and mean, there are no like, like a Victoria no, sponge or a baked. Yes, art. there's no sort of baked goods that span across the United States that like where every like that everybody knows, minus apple pie. Plus, we just have a, a very pathetic baking like history. It's just it makes me sad. I blame the Puritans. <laughs> I mean, we could do like um, Mississippi mud pie or um, what are those I, rice I, I gotta be honest. I've chocolate on top. Scotcheroos. What? I've I've never heard of either of those. Um, well, Scotcheroos, if I am talking about them correctly, are like a rice krispie treat, and then they have a layer of chocolate on top. And I think it's regional to like the upper Midwest, like Wisconsin, uh, Minnesota. But what would that fall into? So, like, someone from Wisconsin could make that for the Great British Bake Off, but then, like, what would be a permutation of that that is made in Texas? Well, I mean, I guess you just have to familiarize yourself with all of the baking traditions of this great, vast nation. I don't think we have any. That's my point. It's apple pie. It's that's it. It's literally apple pie, and the only kind of permutations there that are: do you do a streusel top? Do you put cheese? Well, sorry to all my Midwesterners. Do you put cheddar cheese on your apple pie? Uh, that's pretty much about it. Like even the can I, even I love. I mean, the, I don't love it as much, but the Great Canadian Bake Off is delightful. It's not as good, but is there a lot of maple? And I'm not being snarky. I'm just curious. um, no, not a ton. I mostly watch Great Canadian Bake Off for uh, Dan Levy. Oh, okay, <laughs> because here, shout out! Are if you're not watching Shit's Creek, uh, get what are you doing with your life? Yeah, I will agree with that. Oh wow! If you're not watching, I feel like between Shit's Creek and GBBO on Netflix, like you can successfully forget about the garbage fire that is America. Um, uh, I'm going to start by saying that I thought, 
I thought this last year too, and it, it continued it this year. I thought the challenges were actually quite difficult this year because they Gosh. had gotten sort of repetitive, I guess, and maybe yes. difficult. And I thought, is this a reflection of like the quality of the contestants? But I thought no. this year they were very hard. I think, honestly, I think it was, um, I agree with you. Um, I feel this year, particularly last year, a little bit, um, but definitely the first seven seasons by season six and seven had started to feel a little bit repetitive, which do not get me wrong. Season seven winner is my favorite winner of all the seasons. I'm a Candace stan for life. Uh, I will, I will fight anyone. <laughs> um, but I, this season, I, yeah, I think honestly, I think Prue is a little bit devilish. I think it's, I think it's Prue. It must be, I mean, it has to be Prue. I mean, sometimes, you know, Hollywood really loves to like stick it to people. You know, he does. Yeah, he does. He really does like to mess with people's heads. But yeah, he would comment um, oftentimes on things she would come up with for the technicals. He would be like, why on earth? That is really hard. She's like, because I want to do and I can't. Because <laughs> I feel like it. And we should say that with the, the change from BBC to Channel 4, I don't think that the format has really um, suffered, gone off or changed at all. It's still, nope. it's the, if you've been staying away because you miss Mel and Sue and Mary, I understand, but I think you should go back because yeah you're missing out i will say you are missing out and noel and sandy have their own weird brand of and it's so bizarre and i love it it's so like a weird marcel marceau <laughs> proustian strange um well he has a strange so, so oddball strange he's so, he has a I know he is. And I was never a huge fan of him. I loved him on the IT crowd, but like I never got into the mighty boosh. I am just either too smart or not smart enough to really get into that. Um, I always watched it and I was like, what, what, what is going on here? Um, um, you know, I think the Mighty Boosh is funny, but like every woman I know has watched the Mighty Boosh because of some boy. So. Yeah, I everyone I know who are huge Mighty Boosh fans are men. Yeah, uh, so I feel like every every man I feel like the the Sarah, I feel like somewhere out there there is a, a male equivalent to you and me, and they are just instead of talking about Great British Bake Off um and Bodyguard, they're talking about the Mighty Boosh and Peep Show. Yeah, and Red Dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere in an alternate universe there are two men oh, oh and god it's i fine. love it's that fine theory. i oh, would I love that. success with their podcast yeah to each well. their own i wish i wish them nothing but the best of luck in some sort of alternate universe uh talking about some of the dullest british television shows Sorry. You know, I think because we were talking about the U.S. version of the show or the kind of knockoff version, oh. and I think uh, one reason that it doesn't work is because of the like the gentleness of it. It's um, mm -hmm. it's a competition show, but you know, it's like whatever. If I win, great. If I suck, oh well. It's an honor just being nominated, etc. I mean, 
I got to be honest, I think as Americans, we lack the kindness. Well, any, or, any, or maybe that everything is the comp, like everything is, we're just a society built on stepping on the little people to get ahead. And- <laughs> There's certainly times on Bake Off like that are not caught on camera, or maybe they are, and they just don't use them because that's not what kind of show it is where people get annoyed with each other. I mean, consider the the conditions that you're in. It's very stressful and you know, people are behind you in your grill every moment. I'm sure there's times when people are like, ugh, enough. I don't think there is. Don't, I, don't you? I don't. I, I just think that that's really not what the, the show is about. And on like Top Chef or what have you, I think it's all about the manufactured drama. I just don't mm-hmm. think. I wish that you could see right now. Like, I wish we had the cameras on still because my dog is, oh my God, my dog is on my lap right now. And he, um, is the world's most dedicated face licker and oh, he's really, God. really trying to eat my face. Right oh, wow. My dog is, is uh, under the desk, high on CBD oil. Uh, so should we actually, should we actually get to talking about the show? Yeah. Well, I mean, we started talking about or the challenges we, and the nature yeah. of the show. So we've, we've gotten into yeah, it. Um, yeah. to, be, to be more specific. Yes. Well, no, let's tackle this issue right now because I think this is actually a big thing and it's the air conditioning in the tent. I'm so with you. Let's talk about, yeah. So Uh, it's a baking show where they consistently work with chocolate and chocolate is known to, I think, most people or at least people who have been watching the show or like baker. You can't work with chocolate well, and it's not just that. In it's the, a hot environment. It's the caramel. It's the ice cream. It's the creme patisserie. It's the mousse. Um, it's it's the, like it, the, it. anything that's laminated. Yeah. All of it is highly dependent on like setting and... Why is there no air conditioning? It seems like there is almost no temperature control in the tent. So this is a hot topic on like GBBO Twitter. Like people get really mad Wait, about it. I'm sorry. Is there a GBBO Twitter? Have you been uh, holding out on me? No, it's just like if you search the hashtags, people have gotten oh. like really irate about the air conditioning issue. And I think it's because I they feel like blame them. it's because they're they feel s- like they're not seeing the best final product. They're stacking the deck against them. So one thing that has been brought up again and again is that if you had air conditioning in the tent, the sound would be prohibitive to filming. Mm. So... It's then, okay, do you do it inside somewhere? Like, I know by now it's like the tent, the tent, but like, do you consider a change of venue? Do you perhaps yeah. consider filming during a different time of the year when it's not going to be literally 85, 90 degrees outside? Except for they clearly do it over like a f- seemingly large span of time because there have been episodes where... Paul and Mary have been wearing like down coats hmm. from older episodes. So clearly they must start it in look when are they start? I really don't know. I don't know what There's the- such a wild swing of temperatures in this show that it's very I cannot for the life of me figure out when it's filmed. So I don't know other than filming it during like late fall when I'm sure it would be pouring rain most of the time. Um yeah. I don't know what else they could do, but and I know that traditionally summers 
tend in England to be more mild than they are, say, in Ohio or elsewhere in the U.S. So maybe they just figure, well, we'll roll the dice, and if it's hot, it's hot. But this time around, it was, like, really ridiculous, I thought. Yeah. Just, I, I figured... The last couple of years have been, they've been sweltering. When you have five hours to make, like, a multi-tiered wedding cake with a chocolate collar and sugar work, and you <laughs> put so much effort into doing it, and then it just literally falls apart, yeah. like, slides yeah. apart and melts. And then they do judge them on that. They take them up there, and they're like, well... <laughs> It looks a mess, and you're like, well, of course it looks a mess because it's been sitting in this, you know, 80-degree tent for an hour. Right, and you didn't have time to have things set properly because of the time limits. Yeah. I mean, you know, it wouldn't be much of a show if it was, like, perfect climate control and they had a whole day to do everything. I mean, everybody's would look much better, I'm sure, but... I bet you... You know what? No. Ready? I've got it. So, Dyson... Dyson makes... Um, they're literally called the big ass fan and they're like those things that are always mounted in like gyms Mm -hmm. and they're silent. They're nearly silent, but they're huge. They look like, you know, almost like airplane wings. They could do that. Get it together. Channel four. Get it together. Love productions. Well, aside from the air conditioning, um, I felt like the time limits were very tight in some cases. Like impossibly tight. Yeah. This was like, I think this this was the one with the episode with the cake where you had to grill 20 layers. Nope. I was, no, that was an earlier, that was an earlier season. And I was watching that. Wow. I've made that cake. Oh my God. Why? Cause that was the year that it was like, I mean, I don't know. I think you were still in Chicago at the time. So you probably had similar weather, but that was the year that it was like below zero starting in December. And then that was, Oh yeah. 2013. I think so. And um, there was just no point in going outside ever for anything. So I made a bunch of um, (laughs) GBBO cakes and things. I made those those little coffee cakes that Mary Berry. Oh, wow. Yeah. Bravo. Um, I do feel like the times have been, they've gotten tighter and tighter, which on the one hand, seems cruel, but on the other hand, maybe that's indicative of the skill of the bakers. Yeah, I wonder. That's something getting better and better. If I'm curious about whether they take into consideration prior to beginning filming, like when they choose the cast, which I'm sure is chosen partly to represent a slice of British society, to represent Mm -hmm. different regions of the country, to represent different ages, et cetera, et cetera. So I wonder if they take into consideration the skill and then sort of adjust accordingly or if they just throw it at them regardless. I feel like they must just throw it at them regardless. God help you. And and may God have mercy on your soul. I feel like this year there were the worst like overall results in the technical challenges across the board ever. There was not a single technical challenge where somebody like really knocked it out of the Or someone nailed it. Yeah, they, this year's technicals were a little bit, they were a little sad. The tech, I remember the technical in the final being like, what? Well, first of all, I mean, that had to be like for spectacle, what? partly, because yeah. it was like, well, we've never done this before. Why are we going outside, et cetera, et cetera. And then the other part that bothered me about it is that half of that challenge was not baking. Yeah. I did not, in, so 
I feel like I don't know. I'm gonna spoil. I'm gonna spoil it. Look. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna. Well, I'm gonna partial partial spoilers to come. I was very annoyed by the final technical because I feel like they should have had some sort of outdoorsman experts maintaining that fire. Yeah. Because it's not like if they were inside the tent, they would have had like some sort of like make an oven, like build an oven. Oh, I see. The fire should have been lit for them already. The fire should have been lit. Someone should have been maintaining it because if that's your cooking source, like you're, they should not have been responsible for uh like making sure because those three like they didn't know how the the three finalists didn't spoil it the three finalists should not be expected to be like here's how you maintain a fire i would have incinerated (laughs) everything yeah like i did i really did like that they the the cooking like the baking part of that but i feel like there there were non-cooking aspects of that technical that was stupid yeah that they were still judged on and that that they were still judged on it it took up like I would have rather have seen some sort of specialist maintaining the fires and having a shorter time than a longer time and having like expecting them to like deal with the fire yeah, I felt like that was a, that makes it, me that made me cranky. I felt like that challenge was like, well, we're gonna t- we're gonna take you all down with this one. Like, it's just gonna be yeah. who's the best of the worst. Everyone's going down. <laughs> it was yeah, nobody did well on that one. Um, that I did true. love the yeah. the one challenge. It was a showstopper challenge where they had to um, create the chocolate ball, which they then would melt away. I love that. Yes, I agree. And I love that Paul was very much like, you've seen this in a restaurant? Yeah, <laughs> Paul, it's 2018. Everybody's seen those in restaurants. <laughs> One Do might you say, not have Instagram? One might say they're a bit gimmicky. Paul. They are gimmicky. I mean, they're fine, but they're gimm- like They're everywhere, Paul. Oh, he was very... Um... Paul had his favorite this year and no one could deter him from that. Yes, that's true. Um, He also was very free with the handshakes. He was. I began to feel like it was not, I mean, again, maybe they were just all so freaking good that he had to shake everybody's hand, but I felt like it became meaningless because he just kept doing it. There were a lot lot of handshakes this season. Yeah. By the end, if I got one, I would have been like, oh, great. Cool. Prue is, um, She's the kind of older woman that I aspire to, to be. Yeah. Um, me, me as well. She has uh, a very specific look. And crazy hair. And I love it. She's got those um, amazing glasses, like a wardrobe of them, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then her necklaces this season, which looked like Tinker Toys a little bit, but I kind of liked where she was going with them. I mean, they're yeah. not like my thing, but... Prue always reminds me of like an Upper West Side, <laughs> an Upper West Side therapist. Wow, that's a good description. <laughs> <laughs> Where she's like 
caftans, only caftans, Donald J. Pliner, like wedges. Top of the line caftans. Top of the line caftans. Like I, but it's not Eileen Fisher caftans. It's like crazy bright, you know, it's just boxy hilarity. I love, (laughs) I, I, I do also, I alternate, I have this like image in my head of older woman that I aspire to be. And there's like three versions of it. One of them is Prue. Another one is like Bunny from Sex and the City where it's like I have like an Anna Wintour bob uh, and all I wear and all I wear are like Chanel suits. (laughs) And then my other vision of older me is um, like I live out it's like a it's not really Georgia O'Keeffe but like I grow my hair very 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 long and it's gray and I wear it in a braid and then in like a very big bun and I also just wear like caftans and turquoise jewelry so maybe that's like a composition of the Peru leaf but it's more like I just wear caftans and like walk around bare walk around my adobe barefoot wow I just derailed this we are gonna have to edit that out should we talk about whom whom we are in love with? Uh, well, I, I really, there was not one contestant that I was like, eh, about this season. They were all like pretty, uh, you know, easy to root for, I guess. Yeah. I, will, I mean, I obviously, I, say, I obviously rooted for uh, the amateur DJ from Yorkshire because, right. hello, like Yorkshire is my jam, but. I don't know if you can hear how upset Crispin is getting at the mirror right now. I can. I can hear him like tapping, tap dancing. <laughs> I don't tap, know if tap, you can hear him, hear him like growling. And No, I cannot hear that. Oh my God, I love it. Um, I also loved, I have to congratulate the producers of the show, honestly, for unearthing the treasure that is Kim Joy. Oh my. There is not another person on the face of this planet. Like Yeah. I have never witnessed another human being like that. I could not figure out if she was some sort of like n- mad Asperger's genius or just like a very shy. I, yeah, she's magnificent. Um, everything from the glitter eye makeup to the outfits to the cat, fox, rabbit obsession. To- yeah. It was just amazing. And I've I read articles about her after um, finishing the show. And when she was young, like in middle school, um, she said there were times that she just would not talk to people. Like she's very, very shy. Yes. And uh, she just wouldn't talk. She wouldn't um, interact with people. And then she went on to be a, a, like a mental health worker. Yes. Because of her experiences. And the smiling, like the sometimes sort of, um, the nervous out of smiling. context smiling <laughs> that she does. Um, she said it's because she started doing it to convince herself that she was capable of <gasps> anything. Oh, stop! Oh my god! I know. Yeah, she's, just she's like delightful. The nervous, like the nervous, um, like pushing up of the glasses. <clears throat> yeah, and yeah. Glasses adjusting. Um, just she is heartwarming. I feel. I, I said sort of a similar sentiment about Rahul where he's like 
Rahul is all of us in 2018 where he's just like, I'm going to, or he's cringing constantly, where he's constantly cringing and constantly convinced that this is the end. (laughs) Uh, and And that he's like never good enough. And that he's like, always certain he's going to be kicked off. And I was like, that's the, that's big mood, Rahul. Yeah. And, and he's, he's sorry for everything. He's sorry he's when he's sorry, for he's sorry when he doesn't. I cried when he said he talks to his parents in India every day. Yeah. When they told him to shave and he was like, no, I look, my face looks fat when I shave. My face looks fat when I shave. <laughs> and Rahul started making um, started baking because he moved to the UK and didn't know anybody. And he started mm-hmm. baking so that people would like him. Like him. Oh, these, I feel like Rahul and Kim Joy are just like, those are our, uh, our, our, our ids. Or did yeah. I get it wrong? Yeah. Our spirit animals. Yeah. Our, like, it's just like everyone, I feel like everyone feels like <laughs> everyone inside is Rahul and Kim Joy and we're all just faking it. Yeah, now the opposite of those two um, and the person that I loved equally was Ruby. I love her. Who's just like a shining, beautiful star that is super smart and fun and loves yeah. everybody. And I just, and also just like, I'm going to do, like, we'll see what happens. Oh, I know, right? And she wasn't she like an engineer or an architect or? Yeah, she's like some, a project manager. Yeah, like city planner or something. Like yeah. something that involves a high degree of, I would say, planning skills and <laughs> precision. But yeah. She was just always like, well, I don't know, but it's probably going to turn out fine. And then it yeah. always usually did. So. Um, so I want to touch on my, my first bullet point, which is this season, they have a French-born contestant who now Manon. lives in Manon, who is, if you've gone on her Instagram, I'm concer- like, I'm like, oh, did you start as a model and you just happen to be a baker? Like, she's alarmingly gorgeous. Yeah. But uh, I'm really hoping, and I, I don't, I, I, on the one hand, I don't want to, like, poison the well of goodness that is the Great British Bake Off. However, how much longer do we have to wait to have an American expat on this show? Well, right, because she is from France and has only been there. um, Rahul has only been there eight years, I think he said, so. It's right. possible we could have an American that's moved across the water. Yeah. Why, why is that not a thing? For a while, I thought it was very clearly like you had to be a UK, like, born citizen, but clearly not. I mean, maybe the world is just sick of Americans in general, and so they're... I'm sick of Americans in general, so I don't blame them. So maybe they just don't want our... Uh, Exactly. Like, I don't want to, yeah, I don't know if, again, I don't know if I'm ready to hear an American accent on the Great British Bake Off. Like, that might ruin, that might break the spell. I like your note, your final note. Uh, I also burst into tears when the winner was announced. I mean, this isn't the first year that that's happened. No, I, I did it with Nadia as well. I did not do it with I might get some some heat for that for this, but I did not do it. I feel like the the season prior to this, so season eight mm-hmm. with with Sophie was like the most uneventful win ever. 
Uh, yeah, I can't even really remember much about it. I know I watched it. was it. like Stephen and Sophie, and I can't even remember who the third one was. And I... Uh, <laughs> it was nondescript, and I can't remember what happened. But this year, and with Nadia, I 100% started, like, bawling. Uh, you mentioned in one of your notes about biscuits. Did you end up ordering a big bunch of biscuits? I didn't. Oh, all right. Did well, you? Um, so I not a big bunch, but I did order some, and um, you'll be getting some. You'll be getting some ginger nuts, which um, Luke made those. Uh, in the yeah. first challenge. My boy Luke from from Yorkshire <laughs> uh, made ginger nuts. So now knowing that I I. I don't know why I had thought that in your sleep purchasing, you had bought like a ton. Um, I bought, I thought I bought more than I did because I thought okay. I was buying all multi-packs. Now I'm going to buy some. Yeah, they weren't all multi-packs. So um, the one that I like the best that I will recommend if this is your jam is the, the malted milk, the malted milk biscuit. Oh, you, you should send me, send me the list of what you've purchased and what you liked and then... I will. Then I then I know what to, to go from. I also ordered some McVitie's rich tea biscuits, which I used to make biscuit cake over the holiday season. And yes. Oh, how was your Christmas? Did you have a how how British Isle infused was your Christmas? Well, let's see here. Um, I made fruitcake. Christmas cake, if you want to call it that. Yes, I saw your videos of you spraying <laughs> spraying the fruit cake. So you make it, you know, six or eight weeks in advance. And I usually don't make it that far in advance because I kind of forget about it. Yeah, um, because who wouldn't? Yeah, I make it around Thanksgiving. But I use Alton Brown's um, free-range fruit cake recipe. And this year I added roasted pecans. Um, oh, to one of the cakes. I make two and um, my brother-in-law is allergic to nuts, so I don't put them in one, but I put them in the other this year. And I have to say the version with the nuts is vastly superior. Hmm. Um, but then interesting because, so I would think that it would make it, is it vastly superior because the nuts dry it out and therefore it can hold more booze? No, I think it's because the nuts, um, they, they both, take in the flavors of like the fruit and the booze and then they in, they uh, they add the flavor the roasty nutty flavor and a bit oh. of texture as well so gotcha. um, it was just it was it was really really good but um the one the one without nuts we had with Devonshire cream oh okay yeah and um the other one i believe we just ate plain but um next year i'm gonna do it with royal icing and marzipan on top Girl, look at you. Yeah. I baked a lot this Christmas. Um, I made fudge. I made chocolate biscuit cakes. I made Irish cream. Um, yeah. You are mightily impressive. I did none of those things. But you, uh, took, a, you took a detour to Chicagoland. I did. I went to Chicago uh, so that I could have my proper uh, Jewish Christmas. <laughs> eating Chinese food, but also, uh, I did. So we do, my mother and I do a yearly high tea because my birthday is close to 
it is close to the time of the year that is the holidays. But every year we go and do high tea. Uh, so this year we did the same. And so I got to have uh, an inordinate amount of fancy tea and finger sandwiches and scones and clotted cream and marmalade. And so I got my, so I had a slightly British a couple of days before Christmas. Well, that sounds lovely. I've never done a high tea. I don't <gasps> Oh. what i know next time we're in dublin at the marion we will have to do it or like whenever you and i go on our like british biscuit buying expedition whenever we whenever we plan our trip to just go and go with an extra bag and go to tesco and just buy, <laughs> buy cookies and chocolate and tea you talk about this as if i have never done that very thing i have done the exact same thing Oh, oh, we also had mince pies. Um, oh, I love a good mince pie. They oh, have, yeah, um, I would buy, I would also buy mixed peel and the stem ginger in the little containers. I would buy, like, all of the weird stuff that they, that, you know, golden syrup, et cetera. Sorry. Uh, my husband good. had mentioned that he wanted mince pies or that he wouldn't mind having mince pies. And so they had the filling, the jars of filling at the um, the Irish store, but then they mm-hmm. also had boxes of mince pies and I kind of rolled the dice and bought them and um, they were really good. So, yeah, I feel like frozen ones of those are probably fine. These were uh, Mr. Kipling and they were made in the UK so I felt like yeah, they're probably like consistent and made in a factory and therefore, you know, not everything not everything made in a factory is bad. Well, I wanted to address something that really upset me over the break and that yes. is let us because I did not know about this, but now I'm, I'm equally upset. Yeah. Well, it turns out that the BBC does a list of the top 10 best culture podcasts of 2018. <gasps> and I'm just going to say it. We were not on it anywhere. <laughs> we were not. We were over, as overlooked as a star is born at the Golden Globes. <laughs> I mean, these podcasts feature scholars notable people experts in fields womp, womp. what they don't feature however is an irreverent look at whatever we want to talk about on yeah. any given week i mean look i'm looking at the article right now and i don't mean to be a jerk <laughs> but there's a podcast where the host asks museum visitors to describe the art they're viewing i cannot think of a less a less a a less good a worse medium to talk about (laughs) art so anyway next year i feel like this is a goal we can set for ourselves to somehow rise is there a way for me to email the author of this oh i'm sure that there is let me see who's the author can we tweet at them Amy Charles. Oh, Amy Charles. Why'd you have to have such a common name, Amy Charles? We, we may have to find out. We may have to start. T-Birds, are you on social media? If you're not, why wouldn't you be? Um, please uh, find Ms. Amy Charles. She writes for BBC. And let's, our, let's make a 2019 resolution to get... <laughs> tea and sympathy on the 
10 best culture podcasts of 2019. <laughs> Maybe an honorable mention for. Let's not- do like a write-in campaign. Yeah. Let's be, um, let's not, you know, harass. Ms. I don't want to harass her, <laughs> but I also don't want her to be able to brush us off. Because we know how the internet is a great for, uh, you know, thoughtful action. Yeah, especially <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> Twitter is just a fantastic arena to, you know, have really thoughtful dialogue. Well, I think uh, for next week, we had talked about diving into the IT crowd. Oh, yes, please. Um, I love it. I might go through and uh, pick... I may have to peruse and pick out an episode because, I mean, I think, well, the first one is funny. It's one of those, like, as the season gets into it, um, there are some pretty, there are some pretty good ones. Okay. I will take any recommendations. Yeah, I'm thinking off the top of my head, I'm thinking either the uh, one with the electric sex pants or... (laughs) Or the one where I just keep damn you electric sex fans. Like I, I'll I'll dig into it. Is but it on Hulu? I believe it's on Netflix. Okay, but let me check. I'll check real fast. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Okay, good. And there's it's, it's series. There's five. And and it's a good tie-in. Noel Fielding shows up in. Uh, he joins the season. He joins the show. Yeah, it'll be he'll be the thread that connects our episodes together forever. Fabulous. <laughs> Fabulous. I love it. Um, good to be back in the podcasting channel. It's so great to be back. Um, I've missed wanna, you all so much. Do you want to take love, us out? I would love to. I would love to outro. Um, so, in case you missed it at the top of the show, which... I don't know how you would, but uh, we're on Twitter at the letter T and Sympathy Pod. We have a website, tandsympathypod.com. We have an email address. Please email us. We like hearing from you. Give us your suggestions. Do you watch Great British Bake Off? Do you not watch Great British Bake Off? And you're wondering what on earth we are prattling on about. Um, (laughs) Email us at tandsympathypod at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash tea and sympathy pod. We can be found on Apple Podcasts and Google Play and the Podbean app. Um, we like your show ideas. Send us, is there something we're missing? Like, I think we pride ourselves on being pretty uh, up on all things UK television, but let us know. Is there a Welsh show we're unaware of? I feel like we, maybe there's some sort of clever Welsh show. A Scottish show? Ooh. Um, send us your ideas. But until next time. This is the Tea and Sympathy Podcast. Signing off. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.